0: shooting it raw yes shooting it raw one of the difficulties of podcasting is the audio it's all audio and so people are really aware of quality It's actually used this company's called Zencaster and I actually do use Zencaster if I'm recording with, let's see, what have I done? I've done uh, Bali. I've done uh, India. I've done South Africa. I've done, of course, the US, UK. So it works. It, that's the great thing about Zencaster. You can get video as well in HD, no less. Uh, the link's in the description. Make it happen. Use a promo code ZEN, Z-E-N if you're Canadian or Z-E-N if you're American. Uh, do that. And uh, you'll get 30% off. You get 30% off the first three months. Use it. Like, do it. Like, start your own podcast. I'm sure that if you start a podcast, I will listen to it. And I would not be surprised if it was better than shooting it raw. So check it out. Zencaster. There's this thing called VinoVest. And people are beginning to talk about it. It's on TechCrunch. Forbes and what is it it's basically people who invest in fine wine and make money off that fine wine is essentially it's the best kept secret right because wine doesn't really change in value all that much it actually gains in value so you actually get ownership of world-class wines and it's attractive and it's a really strong investment that wealthy people know all about this stuff. I mean, you get 500% returns. It's nuts. Uh, so Vinovest links in the description. As always, check them out. Use uh, shooting it raw as, as your promotional code. And, uh, if you do that, you'll get two months of no fees. So check out the website. You can see how it works. Uh, and why wine is actually an amazing investment. And yeah, so check it out. You might just make a huge ton of cash.
1: Photography means to me capturing life, its moments, um, and allows us to travel back in time and reflect upon those moments, whether they be travels, holidays, um, you know, family gatherings, celebrations, whatnot. And, you know, just like out of the blue, sometimes you just see something weird or interesting and you want to capture it. And it allows us to reflect upon those moments.
0: Teresa Ho! (laughs) Hello. So good to see you. Guess what? Guess what? What? (laughs) I started this podcast... When the pandemic started, Mm -hmm. I said, okay, okay, okay. This has been simmering all this time. I might as well just do it. Okay. So basically about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And this, you, our episode... 100.
1: Wow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I am so honored to be celebrating with you for your 100th episode. That's amazing. Congratulations. All right! Wow. Good for you. I mean, thats it's a lot of work. I know podcasts are a ton of work.
0: Well, I'm going to find out why you know this. Like, why do you know this? But well, let's see.
1: Well, you know, talking about the pandemic, um, I kind of started... Before the pandemic, I had started my reintegration into reusing my voice in a creative way or professionally. But before the pandemic, life was just super hectic and I was kind of going at a snail's pace. But Mm -hmm. I guess, um, you know, the pandemic hasn't been great for most people, but there are (laughs) some good sides to it. And having extra time allowed me to... Get the training that I wanted to uh, to get before I launched this voiceover business slash career mm-hmm. um, that I had slowly been working on. So yeah, basically, you know, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise, I guess, for me. But right, um, right. yeah,
0: <laughs> this is so good because uh, I was talking to my daughter about. When was the last time we'd spoken or seen each other, uh-huh. or whatever? And I kind of gave up. I said, "I have no idea. I I'm I'm gonna guess high school, maybe. You know, I don't know like when we
1: actually I, saw each we saw each other in Montreal. I I don't remember the year, but we, I remember we went to like a a restaurant slash bar on Saint Laurent, like a Spanish place. Okay, um, yeah, with some okay. other people from CJP. So you know, right, it, was, right, right. it was it was a okay. long time ago, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Then okay, you know, I did get run over by a car, so I have a bit of brain injury. So oh, maybe dear. I forget things. It's okay. <laughs> well, oh, we're all getting
1: to a point <laughs> in life <laughs> where we start to forget things, but
0: uh. Uh, yeah, well, okay, so look let's let's shall we jump into your first photograph? Sure. Awesome. This is so fun. This is so great. So this photograph is titled "Fashionista." Okay, and it's it's. Um, so I'm going to ask something: Is this done with a with your phone or with uh, just a camera?
1: That would have. Um, that's a good question. It was probably done with a camera back then. That was this. Yeah, yeah this photo was taken. During my last trip to Europe. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so it was quite a while ago, and, you know, I, th- I think the pandemic kind of comes back a lot within the photos that I sent you. Not that the pandemic is relevant to, mm-hmm. obviously, when the photos were taken, most of most of them, but I love traveling. So a lot of the photos mm-hmm. I sent you are about my travels, you know, whether they're alone or with a friend or with my family so this one was with my family this was with my son this photo is of my son Mm -hmm. at a fashion museum and again i guess i have this business side of me but i have this creative side of me and Mm -hmm. with the creative side uh fashion for sure is part of it i i believe that fashion you know it's not just about the aesthetics but it's about creativity whether how you put together an outfit, or as a designer, you know, putting together okay. colors, fabrics, uh, textures. You know, there's so many components to fashion. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that was you oh, know, I is- I I was like, we got to go to this museum. So, oh, so first of all,
0: what city is this museum in?
1: Um, it's in a small town in the uh, in Spain. Uh, sorry, I, I oh, Spain. It, yeah, okay. it's it's the Balenciaga. Museum. Okay. So, Okay, so yeah.
0: your, your son is standing, like you're just shooting straight on, mm-hmm. and you see his whole body. Behind him is a mirror. Mm-hmm. The light is incandescent from, un, from above, so it's, it's a kind of, on the one hand, it's quite soft, so he's got perfect skin, perfect hair, this great fabric that's ballooning around him like a cape or something mm-hmm. and tied around his neck. Uh, he's looking at you with a very neutral expression. The floor has checkerboard black and white tile, and and the actual image itself there's not much color except for the skin. And behind on a on a coat rack or something, there's like what seems to be a shirt or a blouse or or a skirt or a jacket. It's got a bit of pink, but with satin. Mm-hmm. And it looks, like now that you mentioned that it's a, a kind of in a, in a museum space, there are some things about it that are kind of museum-ish in that um, everything's well-placed and there's, in, in the reflection, you can't read what it says, I don't think, but uh, there's some text and some, I guess it's describing the uh, display or, or the installation or whatever it is. So, so why don't you walk us through this image?
1: Well, basically, it, at the museum, they had a section where um, you could try on different outfits. So both my kids okay. were, were willing, uh, guinea pigs or you know, very happy uh-huh. to try on the different outfits for their mom <laughs> to take photos. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, for my son, who, you know, is a very, uh, he's, he's 16 and a half now. So this was a long time okay. ago. He was much younger back then. Uh, you know, just gave him a, an opportunity to... Uh, to try on some different fashions, things that he would never wear in real life, but you know, I'm right, very happy right, right, that right. he was open to doing so. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So you, you you mentioned that you have this creative side versus mm-hmm. this business side. I have no idea what what is your creative side. Okay. What like what what is that?
1: Well, if we go back to our high school days, I was yep. heavily involved in theater and performance mm-hmm. and. To be mm-hmm. honest, it probably would have been what I had, would would have pursued, had it not been for my very traditional Chinese parents, who, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of, yeah, put their feet down and said, you know, that that's not the way to go. <laughs> so,
0: okay, okay. Um,
1: so I did kind of lose that side of me to a certain extent. I mean, I did, I did, you know, do some like uh, extra work on camera. When I was older, I, I went into journalism, actually, um, okay. and that's kind of when I was introduced to voice work. So this was we're talking about the 1990s, and then mm-hmm. I, um, I I got out of it. I I went into writing communications, public relations, and then I guess being a responsible adult, I I got into. A lucrative line of dental sales, and I, I, I'm still doing that, it, you know. It, it pays okay. the bills very nicely, and I love wow, my customers. Okay. They're great. It allows mm-hmm. me to interact with people, which I love as well. But for many years, I had this, like, biting desire to...
0: Unintended.
1: Yeah, to, to you know, use my voice again. So, okay. um, you know, and I guess being a busy mom, being a busy professional, it was just... Yeah, you know, it was kind of like in the back of my head. But then sure. my daughter, who is also extremely creative and artistic, she really wanted to pursue the acting thing. And so okay. she motivated me to
0: start my journey. Cool. Nice. Yeah. How beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? So I had Stephanie Green on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And now that you mention it, isn't it interesting that um, there's this sort of group of us who, in high, like, I don't think our high school is especially oriented toward the arts at all, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yet, there's a group of us who kind of, you know, like, for me, I was in the hard sciences. Like, that was, that was my thing yeah. until CJP and then I completely dropped it for creative writing and then performance. And so... So you had shut down this, side, this creative side of you to kind of be responsible and to make a career and earn a good living. Mm-hmm. And beautifully, your your daughter – so is it that your daughter gave you the kind of the, um, the permission or the, the impetus to just say, hey, I'm going to go back to, to voice work because there's something there that really kind of uh, motivates me and captures my – So why don't you kind of dive deeper into that? What has that meant for you to kind of rediscover your voice?
1: Well, for sure, it's a journey. And a lot of people tell me, oh, yeah, you have, you know, you have a great voice. You have a lovely voice. I can see you doing that but it's so much more than the voice it really is it's voice mm-hmm. acting so i've taken like right. a ton of classes to kind of reintegrate myself and the style has changed from back in the 1990s when i was kind of in that in that world
0: um so when much has changed didn't speak- clearly Art? and that we spoke differently back in the 90s yeah like we yeah like, the style we the weren't style, using no. consonants
1: <laughs> well <laughs> right now the style is you know they, they call it conversational but basically half the time you just need to kind of sound like you're talking to your friend and not okay. sound like you're selling something even though you may be
0: so you're doing voice work for what for tv commercials uh, like, well
1: uh, like i said I'm kind of new back into it. So this okay. is the beginning of my journey. And most of the work I've been booking is uh, e-learning, le- e- e- actually. So it's, oh, okay. you know, it's okay. internal training for employees. Yeah. Yeah. That that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I have done You're a commercial, but French. I am doing English, although technically I am marketing myself as bilingual, but what I will accept as... Uh, to do in French is very limited. You know, it like, I'm right. fluent in French, but it is my second language, so... Sure. Yeah.
0: What about Putongua? Uh,
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I speak... Awesome. I do speak some Mandarin. Um, okay. I would say I speak basic conversational Mandarin, but I won't... I'm not advertising <laughs> myself as... as sure. Yeah, but sure, I can, I, I can say people's names, I don't pronounce know. certain things. I'm
0: not... I'm not putting you on the spot, Burke. Yeah, <laughs> it's with all due respect. Um, so what else would you like to say about, like, so kicking off our conversation with the photo of your, your son, mm-hmm. who, it's a funny, well, the funny thing about images is that you, you give me a bit of the context, and then I look at it, and then I want to read into what I see. But what do you want to, to convey to a listener to this? Like, why start with this, this image?
1: Well, it reflects, I guess, a moment in time when we could travel freely. Like, I'm way overdue to return to Europe. I'm, I'm like, dying to go back. Mm. But with all these travel restrictions... And, you know, also not wanting to catch COVID, um, for different right. reasons, including my voice career, because, you know, okay. like if, if you're sick, if you're coughing, your throat is sore, God forbid you get ventilated, you know, these things can right. be, you know, pretty detrimental to a voice actor. So right. for sure, I, you know, my travels have, uh, Let's just say I haven't traveled much in the past two years, and I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that.
0: I I pay attention to how people speak and choose words and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, how far away is somebody to your life who has had COVID?
1: I know a lot of people at this point with Omicron who have had COVID. Okay. I do know okay. some who were sick, you know, sick enough, not... No one close to me having been hospitalized, but I do know people who have had either family members mm-hmm. hospitalized or even some who have passed away, um, not oh, well. necessarily in well. Canada, but mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So it's it's okay. affected a ton of people.
0: Yeah, so like listening to that mm-hmm. just in the in the the like 20 minutes that we've reconnected, You've, you've used the word travel maybe 29,000 times. <laughs> like, here's somebody who wants to travel. Oh, my goodness.
1: I really do. Oh, it, like, that's probably one of the most difficult things for me that I haven't been able to do. Because every year... Wow,
0: look at you. It's like it's a pain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really yeah, is. okay. Yeah, so I'm hoping that... You know, I'm fully vaccinated. So is my family. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping the government will lift these restrictions that for at least for the vaccinated that, you know, we can travel without Mm -hmm. the fear of being caught in another country. Say we test positive and not be able to come back. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, When was the last time you were in Hong Kong?
1: I have never been to Hong Kong, actually. I've only been to Asia one time, which was Thailand. And that was many years ago. Okay. Oh, actually, we did. We did stop at the Hong Kong airport. That was one of our uh,
0: routes. Yeah. When was the last time you spoke to somebody in Hong Kong?
1: Well, I guess uh, that that would be you.
0: (laughs) I'm your first? Oh,
1: to to speak? Well, I do have a friend from university living in Hong Kong, but we
0: don't really chat over the phone.
1: It would be more... Okay.
0: Nice. Okay, let's move on to the next photo. Sure. Okay, Hey, sure. I mean, would you like to s- stay with this photo again? What's your son's name? Mm-hmm. Matisse. Matisse. Yes. Well, there's a name. Yeah. I, I, I've seen, well, okay, look, I haven't met your children. I haven't, we haven't spoken. And so I, I know I, I remember you referencing Matisse, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily clear and present in my mind that, that that's your son's name. What a name to choose. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Okay. Let's go to the next photo. Um, So the next one is, let me break, let me evoke the beach for you. So it's a big bright sky with lots of clouds. There's wind. So there's uh, the palm trees, very tall. And this looks very windy. There's a kind of almost like a reflection pool, but it's a pool Mm -hmm. with a lot of like deck chairs and everything that are at the level of the pool. So it's, it's very, very um, tropical, beautiful. I'm trying to evoke f- feelings of you being like, this is not Montreal. It is not. <laughs> it's definitely not.
1: No, that photo was taken in Mexico. Um, it was okay. a trip I took with my best friend for our 40th birthday. Um, her birthday is okay. two days before mine. So we went together and we okay. celebrated. You're 40? Uh, I, I am. I am much older than forty. But... Okay. <laughs> oh, actually, was it? Sorry, it was a. For, sorry, a 40 forty fifth birthday. It was for our forty. What
0: forty-fifth yes. birthday? Yes. Yeah. Are we the same age?
1: I believe that we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were thirty. Oh what are you my goodness! About?
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm middle-aged. <laughs> I, I, I'm not ashamed of it.
0: <laughs> You're a beautiful, darling. You're totally beautiful. <laughs> thank you. You're <laughs> lovely. Thank you. So, Mexico. Where in Mexico are we looking at?
1: That was Cancun, and it was okay. um, the Club Med resort. It was actually the first time I went to a yeah. resort, and I was okay. never—I was never like a resort person. You know, I was more of—you know—younger yeah. when I was younger. It was like the backpacking through Europe, and I, yeah. I like—I absolutely love Europe, and I'm dying to go back. But okay. yeah, we—you know—we want to take this uh, trip to rest, relaxation, and a little bit of uh, partying as well to celebrate our mm-hmm. birthdays. And I discovered mm-hmm, nice. I, yeah, I discovered the beach and I, I honestly I love it. It it gives me yeah. um it re energizes me, but it also there, sure. you know, there's a calm when being on the beach in the ocean and I'm a terrible swimmer, so it's not about swimming, but it's just that tropical mm-hmm. environment. I love it. Sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. So how do we tie that? So so okay, so some people have the bug of travel. Like mm-hmm. I Arguably, I do as well. You know, uh, Delhi and my wife Delian, on our, I guess it would be our fifth date or fourth date, we went to Thailand for two weeks. Okay. So everybody's just like, oh, you just met and you're going to go to Thailand for two weeks? And it's like, yeah. And everybody's just like, well, what happens if it doesn't work out? It's like, well, you know, she'll go left and I'll go right. Mm-hmm. But our relationship was always punctuated by lots and lots of travel. And so why don't you talk about what is it about going into a new environment? because you know it's not i mean i would imagine mexico is different enough from 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 montreal but then you you like going into into europe mm-hmm. uh, yeah to europe and so so what is it specifically about travel that you miss the most and that really hits something deep inside you
1: i guess i love learning about people their cultures trying different foods and you know the architecture just immersing yourself within that culture so for sure you know and a resort is not the real experience yeah of course for sure of course. that was more about yeah. you know just having fun yeah. and resting and but being on the beach Drinking. but yeah. but that being said yeah you still meet a ton of people from different countries and I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm an extrovert. So mm-hmm. I will chit chat with everyone. Yeah, we met people from, you know, Europe, from Mexico, you know, even talking with the locals who work there, chit chatting with them. It's great. Sure. Yeah.
0: So how do you rope your family into your travels?
1: My husband loves traveling as well. So, oh, yeah, okay. there, there's absolutely no issue with that. Um, okay. And my kids, my kids... Love it, too, to a certain extent. You know, I don't think they have the same uh, um, energy we do, say, on a trip to New York (laughs) City, for example. You know, we could just walk and walk and walk. (laughs) That being said, they were younger the last time we went. And, you know, they get tired, basically.
0: So what was the the youngest that you brought your your children traveling with you?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Um, For my daughter, we actually... Went to France. We spent a month in France when I was on maternity leave. So she was very young. She was like seven months, something like that, I think, when we went. Right. Yeah. And then my son, we took him on some cruises to Florida. He even went with my husband to Europe without me at one point. So very young.
0: Well, okay. So so I've been trying to line up different people to join me on the podcast Uh, and the pillars of the the conversations are either creative expression uh, service leadership right so what is it to be a service network leader conservation so how to you know sustainability and climate change and that stuff and what is strong women and so when i started the podcast i'm only mentioning this now because this is what i did this morning okay when i started the podcast I had sent an invitation to Jacinda Ardern, the um, prime minister of New Zealand. Wow. And uh, to be on the the podcast. And her communications director was very, very kind and sweet and gentle. But, you know, I just said, just fuck off and you're not (laughs) important, whatever, which is fine. Um, But then so I I wrote back today Mm -hmm. uh, and I was telling my daughter about it as well. And I'd shown her a photo that we had made of her in Auckland. And she was like, I think, three months old or four months old. Very young baby. Yeah, so traveling with babies. What what happens if somebody who's listening to, to this and who says like, dude, like, traveling with a baby sounds like hell. What would you say to them?
1: Um, yeah, actually, it can be. It can be very difficult. I mean... I remember flying to Europe with my daughter and she was just sitting on me the whole time. And by the time we arrived, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I was not feeling well, but I wouldn't trade those memories, those experiences for the world. Like, even though, yes, they Mm -hmm. were sometimes very difficult, you know, but still those experiences, I think form who you are, like not just me as an adult, but even my children, even though they were very young, but I, I still believe it. You know it builds character it builds um your openness to people to the world to different cultures Mm -hmm. yeah it just builds who you are so yeah i would encourage people to do it and no it's not it's not always easy it's not
0: (laughs) i found the hardest with um so when she was not able to move Mm -hmm. that was it was actually kind of okay so you just have to keep her in, in your seat and bounce and all this stuff but then once she was able to actually crawl around she was doing laps within the plane, and which meant that we had to, we couldn't sleep either. Yeah. So we'd flown to Sri Lanka with her. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it was full on. And uh, you had this little like, you know, wind up toy that just never stops. And both of us were just like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, so I, I can relate. Yeah. My, my son has a ton of
0: energy. He still does. Okay. Matisse, why did you choose Matisse as a name? It's, it's a regal name. Oh,
1: um, you know, we were looking for a name that would sound good in French and English. Sure. Liv- living in Montreal, my husband is Québécois. And uh, yeah, we, we like that name. You know, we didn't want to choose something overly common either. Um, although sure. it, it's relatively popular in France, I believe. But
0: um, oh, really? yeah, okay. yeah. No, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. My first Matisse to date.
1: Oh, okay. Very nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's move to this, the, the next photo. Sure. Okay. Okay. So this is your daughter. Mm-hmm. She's mid-pose. But she's kind of wearing what looks, seems to be a kind of um, like a flamenco slash a Spanish sort of dress with her hair in a, in a ponytail or a bun. I don't know. just pulled back. Uh, She's very pretty. She's wearing this red and black. It's very um, bold. It's very bold. Uh, So it it communicates to me that she's had a lot of dance classes Mm -hmm. because she's holding a pose that is very dance-ish. Yeah. So take it away. Okay.
1: So I believe, again, this photo is from many years ago. It was after a dance performance. Okay. Um yeah so she took some dance classes at school and elsewhere. Yes, she is a dancer. And it was after a flamenco little number. So yeah, it was nice, it was cute. Nice. And I chose this photo because well she is kind of like a mini me um in terms okay. of everyone says she looks like me. She she yep. does the acting dancing and i've also taken up dance as well and i love it and it, it is okay uh definitely something that energizes me fulfills a another creative side of me as well mm-hmm. so it's it's a big part of my life now and again with the pandemic unfortunately i haven't been able to dance as much as i would like and i'm not talking about like you know going to dance in a club necessarily but you know i've started taking well Pre-pandemic, I was taking salsa classes, bachata. I was doing Zumba regularly. Mm -hmm. I was taking ballet classes. So, oh
0: wow, okay. So, if we do end up repeating ourselves Mm -hmm. or restart, like so, this 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 uh, premise that the way humans learn is really by copying one another we watch with each other and we sort of mimic each other and we copy each other. And it's sort of like when you meet somebody uh, that you really connect with mm-hmm. in time, you start uh, mirroring each other's speech patterns. So in this case, you referred to her as a mini me. Mm-hmm. And so part of her development and shaping of who she is, is it, Who you see yourself or who you'd like to see yourself as? Do you mean like how much have you projected yourself onto her? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I think that we have introduced her to these different forms of art and she has excelled at them. She she loves them like, you know, at a certain point. Sometimes you gotta give a little nudge, especially now she 's a teenager, so you know as a teen okay. eh, she 'd probably prefer to just stay on her phone or you know <laughs> or play video games okay. all the time, and that you know that that's not healthy, so you know for both our kids, we encourage them to have like a physical activity artistic, sure. hopefully, like my son was playing piano for many, many years as well, but at a certain point he just didn't like it anymore, and sure. you know. It wasn't going anywhere, so you know we agreed, okay, let's stop, but at least he had those those years of of sure. the musical training, and hopefully it affected part of his brain, well, you know a it's creative easy. part yeah, it's in or, there. yeah. Yep. so you know, same thing with her mm-hmm. she she wants to continue with these things we we're, we're very reasonable in terms of any expectations of
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's for fun.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so did when you grew up, did you? So, for example, like there was a book uh, years ago, not that many years ago, but um, the whole thing about like the the sort of parenting style that I think either first generation or second ger- generation Asian parents, I think it was called like the dragon something parenting mm-hmm. of just really. Pushing your kids and so, and I think it's a immigrant thing, right? So, mm-hmm. so were you born in Canada? Or were you born, I was born outside in, of Canada? Yeah,
1: I was born in France actually, and then oh, and then we moved okay. here. Uh, we moved to Montreal when I was a baby. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay,
0: okay. So were your parents like first generation Canadians, but also th- they had lived in France?
1: They lived so in France. They were They're both French? They were they were born in China, um, okay. but as young adults had moved around a lot.
0: okay, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay, and so they weren't really, when you kind of imagine, like, for example, my parents were like first generation to Canada, you know, not coming from France, but coming from, you know, Israel and Morocco, poor and really kind of fighting. So their ethos and their mentality coming to Canada was like, our life was really hard. We're going to push you to become a doctor. And we're going to push you to become whatever. So is that the 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 environment you grew up in on the south shore or mm-hmm. like what was what was that for you like were there heavy expectations
1: to a certain extent yes i th- they were very much you know the typical asian parent wanting their child to excel in school academically sure. um you know i i was a good student but i wasn't a top student right i like math and science are really not my forte, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they weren't too bad, you know. I think they were. They were. They were happy when I went into uh, journalism. They were fine with that.
0: So you go into journalism, mm-hmm. and then you have children, and your daughter is the younger. So you had your son, and then your daughter, yeah. Or is your daughter uh, the my elders?
1: my daughter is the youngest, yeah.
0: Okay, the youngest. So mm-hmm. so. Do you feel like as a parent, what have, and it's true that these days, the world that kids are, are kind of are born into or sort of growing up in is um, highly sophisticated, highly complex in ways that we didn't experience as kids, but one is not necessarily better than the other and all that stuff. But do you ever find yourself having an internal argument about how you're going to push or or encourage your kids, or or are you more hands off, more so chill? Yeah, like how do you how do you and your husband negotiate your parenting style?
1: Well, we are slightly different. So my husband is Québécois, French Canadian, and I would say he's actually the stricter out of the two and you know he's very focused on academics and he sees my daughter doing well in math and sciences so he's hoping that she's going to go that route but Mm -hmm. i know that Mm -hmm. she's not really interested in those subjects she you know she'll study hard and she'll do well in them is she going to go down that route i i highly doubt Mm -hmm. it so no i'm not going to push her if Mm -hmm. I, i i'm quite open to whatever they want to do in life, because I think at the end of the day, it's their, it will be their lives to live and they have to be happy, you know, but you can try one thing and switch down the road, you know, just because you go down one route doesn't mean you can't change, which, you know, I've done many times within my life. So. Sure.
0: Yeah. So in terms of the, like, um, the journalism, Mm -hmm. you know, I've done. (sighs) I've I've done many different jobs. What haven't I done almost? Mm -hmm. But uh, so, what kind of journalism were you doing? Like on camera, like written? Um,
1: It was uh, I was uh, on radio. Okay, yeah, I was a reporter and newscaster. So I didn't do it for very long. Um, It was something I did throughout university. You know, I was on you know university radio. I worked at some. Montreal local Montreal radio stations as well, and I I did it about a year after graduating from university, and then I I I left. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, how how else can we? So as we're having discussion, I'm looking at the photo Mm -hmm. of your daughter holding this pose. If we were to look at it as a poetic, as a sort of a symbolic or a poetic expression, like what. There's a surface image of this very cute girl holding this pose, post, you said post-performance. What else can we find within there? Is there a kind of a, a an underlying message or or idea that somebody else who sees this photo might be, like, taken by?
1: Well... Again, she, she kind of encompasses this photo and my daughter as well, encompasses, you know, a lot of the different things I love in life, besides the fact that I love my mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, you first. know, she, yes, she's she's a creative, she's a dancer, she's a, fi- a figure skater, uh, she's a pianist. She actually, yeah, she does the acting and she's starting to do the voice acting. And then this dress okay. was also purchased when we, went to Spain um, so it's also ah, okay. a souvenir from our travels and so it, it yeah it, it just encompasses a lot of different aspects and loves that that I have
0: hmm mm-hmm. so one of the things about being Canadian is I feel like there's definitely that part of Canadian society where people are super competitive ultra competitive mm-hmm. want to be the best mm-hmm. right like my best friend who lives in Toronto he is an athlete in a way that like it's in him to just compete. Okay. You know, uh, or or my you know, Delian, my wife Delian is really competitive in a way that never say die, you know. Mm-hmm. But one thing I feel that we don't really see in Canada very much is this kind of ambition or this. I mean, I don't want it I don't want it to sound like I'm saying Canadians are ambitious, or right? mm-hmm. because obviously they are, but would you say that in general, you're a lot more chill about your expectations and your relationship to your daughter in a way that, that gives her the space to just be who she wants to be. I mean, do you see the kind of the other side of, of that, which could be very ugly, where you have parents who are extremely demanding? Yes. What do you think is more effective to, to kind of bring out the best in your daughter, because from what I've seen around mm-hmm. is that she she's in TV commercial. is it commercials, commercials? Uh, she-,
1: she has not done a TV commercial yet. No, she, okay. yeah, the, she recently did a voiceover project for, um, okay. Yeah. Like an explainer video basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a fine balance. I, I think kids do need to be pushed a little bit prodded. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, they're, they're, they're are kids, right? They're they're just gonna right. want to hang out and have fun, which which I think is very important, very important right. to to enjoy life and to play and laugh and do the things you love and and not just work. And I think that that could be the mentality of having grown up in Montreal, living in Montreal, we work to play, whereas a lot of right. other cities, other countries, live to work. I think like sure, yeah sure
0: well being in hong kong you know pff, yeah <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty intense yeah sure.
1: like i think even toronto has a different mentality than montreal yeah so yeah i think you have to work hard you have to you know to to pursue your dreams to su- succeed in life i think determination hard work are very important but i i'm not the super dragon mom uh that right. I'm, I'm gonna make my kids like you better. <laughs> you better study yeah, yeah, yeah. your butts off so that you get yeah. the best marks in school. No, I'm, I'm not that person.
0: Yeah, no, because <laughs> I haven't really thought about that recently or explicitly in terms of how. Yeah, like having when I f- first came to Hong Kong, I was pretty like a lot of the culture shock was that. I came from Montreal, which is super creative and super, it's a space where you can really express yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did performance art and I did all this stuff. So, and then coming here, it's way more utilitarian. Mm -hmm. It's about, okay, make money, Mm -hmm. make money. Yeah. So, kong hei fai (laughs) chui. Joy. exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, for sure money is important. It allows you to do yeah. other things. Like for me, if I want to travel, I have to have money, right? Yeah. But I I think there, you know, you got to have a balance in life. Too much of one sure. thing is not good. That's okay. my philosophy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, my philosophy is if you can start on heroin, <laughs> do it all right away. <laughs> okay as fast as possible
1: okay I'll, I'll keep that um, in mind thank you
0: <laughs> okay okay. on that note uh, you want to move on to the next photo sure I don't see a title oh it's called San Sebastian ah. and and uh, it's a photo of what looks like a buffet table. well a sort of big buffet of so it's in a bar of some sort bar slash restaurant mm-hmm. It's a big long counter that's black, could be granite. And on top of it are all these finger food style things. Let's see, there's also a big massive cauldron, I guess, filled with ice and filled with bottles of wine and stuff. Uh, there's one staff member may might be pouring a beer and behind those bottles and bottles of hard, hard liquor that looks like gin and whiskey and. Um, so, what is what is San Sebastian?
1: Do tell. So, that photo was from a tapas bar in San Sebastian, okay. Spain. And again, okay. from that trip where we went to the, the museum, the Balenciaga mm-hmm. Museum, mm-hmm. and where my daughter got her flamenco dress. And again, the last time I went to Europe. So, basically pre-COVID like I you know I don't know do they still do that right now like have the food open (laughs) there where people are just like you know I don't know but it it was great and you know we went basically tapas bar hopping and for the first few ones you know my kids were okay but after see again travel (laughs) stories with kids they're like how many more are we going to go to but so our friends who are from that area. They had kind of said, "When you know, you're know you going to go into this tapas bar and you're going to see all this food. You're going to want to eat everything. But just take a few things because there are so many different ones. So, right. you know, we listened to their advice. You know, we just try a little bit here and there and continue on. And yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was, you know, it's, it's interesting. We don't have that
0: here. Sure. So it's, it's nutty in that, uh, again, I was looking at a, a photo that I had sent over to somebody. It's a photo of me in, you know, we're, we're traveling around in Bali mm-hmm. and we just happened to meet some guy who said, hey, you should come with me. I, like, I, we, you know, we became good friends and uh, he invited us to join him at, uh, for a um, uh, bamboo wedding ceremony. And so just like, OK. And we went and it's the orchestra was all in the bamboo forest and they're all playing this amazing, like percussive Balinese music. Wow. There are hundreds of people dancing and all this stuff and it's a sea of of heads and i'll just look at the image of how i was aware of the fact that this was like pre-covid and people were just outside no no masks Mm -hmm. just being whatever and it's so funny that now you you bring up this photo there's one guy hidden by what looks to be like a beer on tap or something all you see is the platter of food and the alcohol and Why don't you talk about the trauma of being, of living through the pandemic?
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) That, uh, yeah, that... Geez, where do I start? Uh, I mean, we could go back to the beginning. Like, honestly, I really thought when we shut things down here for, they said, two weeks, I really thought naively that it would be two weeks. But then when it just continued, it continued. It was it was tough, you know, like I was not working Mm -hmm. like so my regular job was shut down the gyms, which is a huge part of my life. Uh, shut down the restaurants, like all these things that I love. I love, you know, going to the gym, seeing my gym friends, going to restaurants, uh, dancing, you know, like all of these things yeah. were, were stopped. And, uh, you know, my livelihood as well for a while. That being said, you know, things start to reopen slightly. And, you know, we're very grateful for that. And as much as I complain when I reflect upon what other people are going through, I can't, I can't complain. Like it, it right. hasn't been that difficult. We're like my fam, my husband and I were, were lucky enough that, well, I mean, I, I do go see my customers, but you know, if I had to, I would just, I, I could work at home to a certain extent. Um, right. He's working right. at home. So we're not, we're not like those essential workers, like in the hospitals mm-hmm. and um the teachers who are out there with our kids, educating our kids and being exposed to everything. So, right.
0: yeah, yeah. So how about your perception of your kids growing up in this context? Mm-hmm. So, for example, I look at my daughter who's 10. Mm-hmm. And there's a fear. There's a there's, like She's been conditioned mm-hmm. for the past few years to just be fearful of being in public, fearful of crowds, fearful of just pathogens in the environment. What's your interpretation of how this is gonna impact on your kids
1: well i would say for my son who is a older teenager he doesn't have that same fear that say my daughter okay. has my daughter is younger okay. and and i i am a germaphobe so for sure some of that rubs okay. off on at least her <laughs> um mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, I think she she does have more fear. And my husband and I recently we've been kind of encouraging her like, you know, don't don't feel so stressed out. You're vaccinated. Most of your friends are vaccinated. If you catch it, well, hopefully it's not going to be much. But, you know, we're all vaccinated. Yeah. So,
0: yeah.
1: Whereas my son lives a little freer than she does. But, you know, he's older. He can go out and kind of do what he wants. And
0: well, how, how what's the age difference? Uh, four how?
1: years. Exactly. Four years.
0: OK. Yeah. Photographs like of this of, of this scene in Spain of the tapas just kind of open to the air. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, it's just like
0: how how can that be? I know. And <laughs> do we do we like, go back to normal. that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean we're hoping to go to Europe this summer if hopefully Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well we hope that the travel restrictions in terms of uh the the testing to come back into Canada sure. for the vaccinated at least will be lifted. So
0: I thought there was a country that said, you know what, that's it, we're done. We're not we're gonna open it's open now. Was it I, Portugal? Was Portugal?
1: Um I, I think I think the UK is like that right now. I I believe they've oh, lifted really? like, I, I think they've lifted really? all their restrictions, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, okay, I mean, okay. hopefully we're going that route. Sure. But who knows? Who knows? Hong
0: Kong is the opposite pole. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Asia is definitely more careful. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Teresa Ho. The premise of the podcast is, if life really is a gift, how do we make every second count? So going back to kind of rediscover this thing, like, so were, would you have considered yourself a, a business owner before you started doing the voice work? Or were you, have you always been kind of like a entrepreneurial? How has that caused you to grow?
1: Well, I do have an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, my parents opened up their business when I was a relatively young child. So, you know, I grew up with, oh, okay. with, with you know, business owner parents. So I understand. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't
0: know that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They uh, Well, my father's passed away, but my mother, who's like oh. 80, is still going strong. You know, wow. she doesn't want to give it up. You know, although I think I think okay. it's coming, you know, where she will have to hang in the towel but um yeah okay in terms of my dental sales I'm actually an independent contractor so I'm not an employee I've been so the way I work is yes I work for one particular company but I do run my dental business kind of like when it's like it's your own business so when I go on vacation I don't shut everything off which maybe is not great either but
0: what does that mean? Like you sell you sell teeth?
1: Uh no. <laughs> I don't, but some people do. I sell dental products, equipment, um the company I work for, we can build dental offices, etc. Really? Yeah. X-rays? Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, we wow. sell everything from like uh PPE, gloves, bibs, yeah. uh, masks to high-tech equipment.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: I think so. so Some of the skills that I have developed from that have translated into the voiceover business.
0: Uh, How? Running the business. Well, no,
1: you know, just even knowing how to like invoice people or you
0: know, simple things like that.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, because a lot of um, actors mm -hmm. who maybe couldn't perform live or you know on camera during COVID translated. Mm -hmm their skills into voiceover, but didn't necessarily right. have the business skills to, yeah, because you're, you're really an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or whatever you sure. want to call it. Yeah.
0: Which is kind of what I do only not in voiceover work, but yeah, that's interesting to me. Like in terms of, of being this one entrepreneur who's, so what was the biggest failure, the biggest hardship, biggest challenge? What is the biggest sort of uh, difficulty that you face in the past, you know, two years in terms of earning a living, in terms of your career, in terms, of, like, you know, the professional side of your brain?
1: Well, it was really tough, I guess, mentally, when everything was shut down. So for, I don't know, three, was it three, at least three months, I, I didn't work. So that was that was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't a failure on my part, but that was the hardest mentally. And right. so that's why when I say... I can't complain now because once that initial shutdown was done with, I've been working Mm -hmm. very steadily and, um, throughout the pandemic. Whereas we have like bars, restaurants, gyms, um, all, all these different businesses that have shut down continuously. And, you know, I I don't know how they survive, but that's tough.
0: Yeah. My best friend, uh, runs a climbing gym in Toronto and yeah, totally struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really hard. Yeah. Um, Teresa Ho! Uh, (laughs) It was really great to catch up.
1: Yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you for inviting me.
0: No, it's great. It's not only about having the super flashy guest, really. It's more like, I really love this idea that, you know, the pandemic happens and it creates this kind of pressure onto how you live that forces you to invent yourself. Mm -hmm. And so... You reinvented yourself, or you—you you basically said, "Okay, well, I have no choice. Like, I have to do something." And so then you started putting together this business. So you're in—you're in your home studio. Where are you right now?
1: Correct. Yeah, I have a. This is my booth, my voiceover booth. In the house. In yes, in my house, in my office. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole. It's a whole thing. Like you have to have a home recording space. You you have to. Yeah. You, become basically an audio engineer of some sorts yeah. to be able to succeed yeah. yeah because most of the stuff i do i record on my own time which is great
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i have
1: to edit it so that it's broadcast ready amazing yeah
0: <laughs>
1: Teresa, <Ben>! thank you <laughs> you're
0: welcome <laughs> awesome thank you uh thank you so much this has been great my this has pleasure been great.
1: yeah it's been great so nice to see you
0: Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw.